0: People disqualify themselves from the love of God all the time. And so that makes them feel as though I don't really have my place in the world and I don't really have my place with God either. And so I think the simple truth is that you can stop doing whatever you're doing today. Let's say it is smoking, party, going out. You can stop that today. God's love meter is not going to go higher. It's already at the highest. You can say, okay, well, I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to God's love meter does not go higher for you. It's already full. There's nothing you can do or not do that's going to make him love you more. And I think when I understood that truth for myself, I actually began to qualify myself more for what God had for me. And that in turn allowed me to surrender to the things he was trying to do in my life.
1: Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. guys, today, this one is going to be so, so good. I have a really special guest with me for this episode, and she is somebody that I've just really looked up to, and she just inspires me, not just because of the success that she's had through different business ventures and her own organization, but just her heart and just how she shows up, how she carries herself as a woman of God, and how she puts God at the center of everything that she does. Which is really sometimes hard to find, especially today. And so she's just clothed with so much strength and dignity. And her passion and her purpose is something that I just admire. She uses her vulnerability to help other women really heal. And so, Taylor, I am so excited to have you on the show today.
0: So excited. And thank you so much. I'm so honored and I appreciate it. Thank you for creating a space like this. I think the spaces like this are so important. There's never too many spaces like this. There's never too many conversations. I mean, Black House to break things like that is something that we could talk about all the time, you know, all day, so many different perspectives. So thank you for even creating this space and inviting me to this space. I'm very excited. And I am definitely ready to talk with you.
1: Yes, I'm so excited too. And just so you guys know, whenever I was making my first initial list of people to have on the show, people that I really wanted to showcase their voice, Taylor is one of the first people that I thought about. And I would love for you, Taylor, just to share about, because I know you have a woman's organization called Planet Woman which I love so much. Mm-hmm. And it's over 1,700 women. And you're really just impacting their lives and I would love for you to just share like more of your mission just from your perspective.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, it's so funny how God works because to be quite honest, um I started out just talking on Instagram, like just needing a place to kind of have a, a track record or a journal of some sort because I wanted to document how I was feeling. Like that's how this whole thing started 2 years ago. I wanted to literally document how I was feeling, document my process with God. And I honestly didn't start out very vulnerable. Honestly, I didn't. Um, Just because that was just at the stage that I was in. But what I did was is rather than just telling all my business, I'm like, let me at least make it inspirational, you know, but I know what it means. They may not know what it means, but I know what it means. And so through that, um, of course, I was able to create a following and one thing about women as I'm sure you know Danny is when we come together on a topic oh my gosh like you could be from around the world you could be on the other side of the world but you could understand a woman's pain like it's just one of those things that like I feel like as women I don't even have to know you I could have one conversation with you and we can connect that way so I think that that's why the plat- my platform grew so fast because I was talking about a topic that to be quite honest a lot of people even though it seems like a lot of people talk about it now, at that time, a lot of people weren't really having a real, raw, honest conversation around healing, heartbreak um, and God, you know? So I think just that perspective alone is kind of what made my platform a little bit different and just me showing my scars. As a leader, I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but I was at a point in my life where it's like, I'm so broken down. I can't hide if I wanted to, you know, I can't make it look prettier if I wanted to. And so that's kind of like my journey, how it started and to now Planet Woman Air, which is the organization that I started last year. And basically, essentially what I did was I would give lessons like every single week on various topics centered around healing, God, heartbreak, all that type of stuff, relationship advice. And it was honestly such a beautiful, beautiful platform that was created just through the community. And now it's taken on more of like a mobile format. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more interactive and a little bit more personal. So we flipped over to the mobile now. And another reason is because I haven't sent this yet anywhere, but another reason is because I'm about to start doing big events all over the U.S. So I needed something that was able to kind of evolve with me. And so that's why I also went to mobile. That way I could still send out text messages, but it's going to get very, very much more personal and much more close community, I guess you could say, in real life. So, yes.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I can't wait <laughs> to see that blossom. I love that you said that you started it just documenting your your pain and documenting your journey. That's so important. That's one of the things that I'm so grateful that I started, like I started journal and I wasn't a journaler before yeah. or much of a writer, mm-hmm. but I started journaling whenever I started walking with God and developing my relationship with God. And I love, that's one of my favorite things is to look back to see what I was writing about, what I was going through, because it's like, oh my gosh, like I've, I've really have grown. Cause sometimes we can be in the moment and we can be like, dude, like I'm still struggling with this. I'm still struggling with this. Or why haven't I gotten to a specific place? But looking back, we, it's hard to to remember where we came from. And so I love that you really just started as documenting.
0: Um,
1: So I would love to get a little deeper. Uh, That's (laughs) kind of our vibe on the show. But this passion that you've developed Mm -hmm. helping other women, it came from your personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to talk about some of the biggest struggles that you've gone through that really sparked that specific passion to help women
0: in those areas absolutely and honestly without these specific things i'm about to tell you right now i don't think i would have ever discovered that passion to be quite honest and the the reason for the passion for sure is because when i went through certain things like one of my relationships i endured you know just physical abuse so when you go through things like that traumatic experiences like that they really shift and change who you are as a person. They really do. And to be quite honest, when these things happen to me, and I think it's just how I'm built, I guess, but really it's how God made me. And my first thought literally was, if I'm gonna go through this much pain, there has to be a reason that God made me go through this. And I am going to figure out that reason. I refuse to believe that God is so good that something like this would happen to me and it not be for a good reason. And I refuse to let this type of circumstance take away who God created me to be. And even looking back on it now, I think I, I'm just so grateful to God that I would even have that much like know-how initially after. I kid you not, that would be my first response. It wouldn't be Oh, I'm about to change, or I'm about to become somebody different. Oh, I'm going to be more. No, my first thought was always, God would never do this to me if He didn't have something better in mind. And so I think that perspective is where the passion comes from. It's really not even in me, it isn't helping other women, but it was more so of God, I know you have a reason for this. So when I do come in contact with certain women, and I've had some beautiful stories in the past two years, sometimes a woman will literally text me, Danny, and she'll say, hey, Taylor, or on Instagram, hey, Taylor, I know you don't know who I am, but I just packed my bags and I left my relationship. And I just wanted to thank you. And it gives me like chills. like I want to cry because it's like, if I never talked about that, and, and I, this is how I think that you now. This is what I think. I think that God would literally allow me to go through something like that so that I could talk on a platform. So somebody somewhere... See, I don't think, oh, God just did this for me. No, I think God said, I need Taylor to go through this because there's going to be a girl, implanted woman there, who needs to hear what she has to say, and I need this girl to leave the situation that she's in. Like, that's how I think. And, And I think, honestly, that is God's true heart, is that even though he loves me, and of course he has a plan and purpose for me, he never does something with one person in mind. He always does things... There, were where it's either generational or multiple people are going to be impacted. And so to answer your question, um, the, the physical abusive relationship, that was one of the things that kind of sparked it. My very last relationship, it honestly was not abusive in any way. However, because of how many parts of my life that the last relationship was a part of, which is business, love, family, even my platform, it literally encompassed every part of my life. When I had to let that relationship go, literally I felt like my whole life had crumbled in front of everybody now. At least when I was going through the physical abusive relationship, I really didn't have a platform then. Then if you go through something like that with a platform, that's a whole other animal. It's a whole other animal. Because now you have people who feel like they have the right to question you about certain things. You know, people who feel like their opinion is a little bit more important than it might be. And you know, in the business that I was previously in, it was kind of like you were a mini celebrity in a way. And so yeah. mentally, I would say that was exhausting. It was mentally exhausting. to the point of even just this past year, like I was telling you prior is that I, you know, I took the whole year just to myself. I, I wasn't trying to be in the limelight. I wasn't trying to explain things. I really had to take a step back. And so I think those two experiences really sparked the, the passion that I have now. Now I don't. I don't think I necessarily. I'm gonna have more pain in my life. I'm sure, but I don't really. Th- I think God, like God, I, I. I got the point. I got the point. We yeah. good. <laughs> I know what you want me to do now. We good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, uh, but those things I would never take them away, as bad as they hurt, uh, and I experienced so many things: depression, suicide, substance abuse, just from experiencing and just enduring those things, and That's how I know it's God, Danielle, because trust me, there's no way, absolutely no way I could get on any platform, especially this year. And like where I was at the beginning of this year, there's no way that I would even be able to do what I do with other women and help them and pour out and all these different things if it wasn't for God. And that's how, honestly, it made God even more real to me because I know it's not me. It's like me, I want to cry all day today. (laughs) Me? (laughs) I can literally not leave the house for a week and just be sitting in my misery. But even to do this interview today, to be quite honest, I was very nervous, very anxious because it's like, well, God, you're going to have to do your thing per usual. And I think that continues to grow my passion and that continues to make me get up even more because I feel as though I'm on an assignment for something. Everything has to have a meaning. I refuse to go through all of this and it not mean anything pain, all of the pain and heartbreak, I'm determined is the best word in yeah, you to make it mean something.
1: That's so good. No, that's so good. There's so much that you just said that's that I want to just touch on mm-hmm. from what you said. The fact that you have the perspective, because it's hard, like it's life is hard. We go through things that really knock us down, that make us feel unworthy, that make us feel mm-hmm. less than, that for, make us forget who God created us to be. Mm-hmm. And so you sharing that perspective of, I refuse to believe that God would do this to me just to do this to me, like for no reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of the listeners that that listen to the show, they're people who are going through stuff right now. They're people that are struggling with their relationship with God. They're people that mm-hmm. are struggling with real life. Yeah. And so hearing that perspective is so, so beneficial to the listeners mm-hmm. to remind yourself and to remember like, God has a purpose and a calling over your life. And mm-hmm. you saying that the pain made God more real. Yes. That is so big. Mm-hmm. That is so big. I kind of wanted to, there was one thing that I, I want to personally ask mm-hmm. with you saying that you had to take a step back from the things because you were you were so involved. You were so like mm-hmm. on all the time, on social media, on, bit like you were on girl. Why? And, <laughs> and I would love to, ask because mm-hmm. I'm personally just curious mm-hmm. how did you allow yourself to take a step back mm-hmm. like what did that look like how did you because for me sometimes I know it's hard it's like wait I have to do this I, I have to do this It's for this routine like I have to right I gotta build my brain I gotta do this stuff I gotta I have to be on mm-hmm. how did you give yourself permission to take mm-hmm. a step back and to work on
0: yourself amazing question because to be quite honest understanding what I just answered Which is I have a purpose. I have an assignment. God had me do this. I went through this. There has to be an answer. I'm searching for. I've been doing that. I've been operating in that. And I love that you use the word, how did you give yourself permission? Because that's exactly what I had to do. And to be honest, leaving the relationships very hard. Nothing was harder. That's the hardest thing I had to do was to step down from a leadership. And a leadership that I created, that I put myself up to because I felt called. And the reason why I gave myself permission was because it got to a point where, you know, and I'm just gonna be honest, I like you know me, I'm gonna say what I need to say. I'm gonna be as vulnerable as I can be because I believe that when you express, especially in healing, when you express what you've gone through and you're vulnerable, that is healing every time you talk about it. And it allows you to own it. And if you can't ever own it, you can't disown it. So I like to own everything. So I stepped down when I realized that I was moving into a space of just feeling very worthless. And I started to have thoughts and I never had these thoughts in my life, but I started to just have thoughts about not living anymore and ending my life. And then when I began to rely on medication to keep my what the, like my persona, my image, my like you said always on. See, that was me naturally always on. When I had to start to rely on substances or even medicine to keep it, that was the breaking point for me. And to be quite honest, that was in January of this year. And so when I reached that point, I said to myself, I have to put a stop on everything. Because even though I'm healing, and I'm operating at a very high level, something is clearly, there's, a, there's something missing here. Because if I dedicate my whole life and my whole day and all of my activities to healing, yet I'm seeing a decline in my mental capacity, something's missing here. And there is not gonna be any planet woman here keep going down the road that I'm going. So guess what? The assignment still doesn't get done. So what I had to choose is to say, I'm gonna take a moment away. I had no timeline for it. That was the scary part. I had no timeline for it. I couldn't, I did not want to share it. I won't say I couldn't. I did not want to share it. I literally wanted to walk with God alone and really hear from him and really kind of allow myself a chance, honestly, to, to heal from the wounds. What happened is when I went through these things, I stayed on the whole time. Even so much so that a lot of people didn't even realize when I left my last relationship because it was no change. It was almost like a stride. And although I pride myself on being that way, and and I'm so grateful to God on being that way, if you really think about it, I never really got a chance to allow my wounds to heal. It's almost as if you know I'm on the battleground still with scars, and I'm just going through it. And it's kind of like, or when people go to surgery, they have a time of physical therapy. Right? Where they have to get back in the flow. So imagine me never really having that physical therapy moment, just getting back to work, just getting back to like, yeah, you're, you know, you don't need surgery anymore, but there's gonna need to be some, you know, some alone time outside of everybody else. And so I gave myself permission when I I saw myself going in a drastically different direction. I think that if I was hurting, that's one thing, because we know how to work and hurt at the same time. But now we're moving towards, I feel like hurting myself. Now we're moving towards, I don't even feel, I'm talking to people and I know the right things to say. It's almost like a, you know, like second nature at this point, but there's a disconnect in my heart. And that's when I had to take a step back because at the end of the day, God would of course want me to impact other people, but he cares about my soul too. And if that means stepping down from a leadership or a platform or how it looks, I believe that God would say, so be it. Step down, then. I could still help them. I could still heal them. God is that good. Like, that's what I really mean by believing that God is that good. God is so good that if I never posted again about healing, people would still leave relationships not meant for them. People would still find their way to Him. And it was really me giving myself permission to not be God anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was the real thing. Cause I was, I'm not a good God. Danielle, not a good guy. Not a good guy. Mm -mm.
1: First, thank you for sharing that, just being so real and honest, because this is real stuff that people go through. But yeah, I feel like sometimes when you are in that position of, you know, you work so hard to be where you were and you were that, you know, that leader, people looked up to you, people were like, relying on you in a sense mm-hmm. and it could that that pressure of what you just said i am not god like <laughs> i can't be i would love to t- to talk about what your perspective is because the the two things like the two struggles that you mentioned dealt with relationships mm-hmm. and this is something that in my personal life too i went through like a 5 year verbally abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and it was my first one Mm -hmm. and it just really makes an impact on like you said in the beginning on who you are it changes you like it molds you Mm -hmm. and how how important would you say are relationships in people's lives and how it impacts them on the daily
0: I would say there is nothing more impactful than relationships nothing in life relationships are going to be the most it is the most important decision that you make it, it literally shapes and transforms everything around you. And I think that is why healing spaces like this, you can never have too many. Because most people, I'd say 99% of people, have felt pain from a relationship. Whether that's a friendship, a parent relationship, family members, coworkers, you are literally going to get impacted by people. And so relationships, though, because that's what I want to speak on that specifically, even friendships that are in your close inner circle, that right there, I just, I wish our culture honored more. I'm going to be honest. I feel like our culture is very lax about even friendships. And what I mean by that is we'll meet someone, for example, and we let them in very close to us fast. Or we say, it's really not, we're not that close. Well, you spend a lot of time with them. You talk to them all day. I think you guys are pretty close. I think we underestimate how much they do impact us. And it allows, it kind of allows us to have this ignorance around how impactful they really are. So unfortunately, you kind of have a toxic culture right now. And the toxic culture right now is we're just going to be numb to everything. And I think it's such a lie. It's, it's, it's honestly the opposite. You're honestly impacted by everything times 10 because essentially, you're just ignoring how important they really are. And I think those situations, those relationships showed me. And especially, a, a tra- don't even add in a traumatic relationship. One that impacts your boundaries. One that, you know, really pushes you to a place. Like, that's a whole different of the topic. So I believe that relationships are very important. I literally had to learn. For example, I had to learn... That when I get a friend, when I meet someone new, they are not just a best friend automatically because I think they're a good person. Whoa, no, there has to be levels to how you deal with people. One of my favorite, favorite series is from a pastor. His name is Darius Daniels. He has a series called Put People in Their Place. And one of his, the biggest, the biggest notes that I took from him is he said, There is no such thing as bad people. You just didn't put them in the right place. And what does that mean? That just simply means is that there's, there's nothing wrong with other people. It's where you place them in your life. And we have to learn emotional intelligence, relational intelligence of knowing where to place those people. So me being on a platform, interacting with people, you got to think, people are telling me all of their business. This may be the first conversation I've ever had with them. They're crying. They're, we're, we're, we're essentially transferring energy every time. I had to take a step back even earlier this year to learn that, that Taylor, as somebody who is on a platform, you're going to come in contact with so many different types of people. Everybody cannot be best friends with you. That's just the truth. Even in my vulnerability and sharing everything, everybody does not need to know everything. That was another thing I had to learn because what happened, which was another thing that kind of led to me just feeling worthless and all those different things, is just as much praise as I get, there's also another another <laughs> response to what happens as well. And it hurt me so deeply. And I, you got to think, how are you hurting me that deep? And I don't even know you. That's something wrong, right? So you got people close to me hurting me and people far from me hurting me. And I had to learn how to filter that. That was one of the things where I said, look, I am clearly missing something here. And it's it's not... I guess you could say it is being kind of careless. I was also being very careless with my relationships as well. Because I just thought, you know, we're all in this together. It's all love. And it is. And it is. But there are certain boundaries and guidelines, rules, and regulations that you have to have around yourself, especially as a leader, especially as someone on social media. But more importantly, especially as a believer. So I'm going to be honest with you now. There were certain responses I wanted to make. And I just, I can't make that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do oh, that. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to let some people know about themselves. But <laughs> I didn't want to. At the end of the day, it's, it's really not their fault. That's the truth. It's where I placed them in my life and how I, what position did I put them in? And that's the responsibility that I had to take. Taylor,
1: that is so good because I feel like it's so – people are easy to put blame on other people versus themselves. Mm-hmm. And people are so easy to give – what's the word? Uh, to give authority to other mm-hmm. people versus saying, okay, I have – I I can not really make my own rules, but I have control over this situation yes. mm-hmm. versus letting these people control how you feel, control your actions, control your thoughts, control all this stuff. but. I've never heard it placed like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's where you put them in your life. So that is so good. I want to kind of go back and talk about this healing journey that you went on. Because I know you said since, like, you know, January, I mean, we're what kind of towards the end of the year, more than halfway. Yes. I... Because I, I I talk to women all the time about like, okay, well, how do I even start my healing process? Like, I don't even know what that is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. because we weren't taught how to heal. We weren't (laughs) taught how to be better communicators, how Mm -hmm. to deal with these emotions that we're feeling anger. So what did like, what did the beginning of your Mm -hmm. healing process look like? Like, take me through what you personally did, what maybe your day looked like, or what important things that you would recommend to somebody else
0: to do to
1: start their healing journey?
0: Yes. And I think that is the, if I was to give advice to somebody on what a healing journey would look like, it would be at the beginning. Because after the beginning, it kind of goes into its own direction, depending on you know, how much time you spend investing into that certain part of your life, depending on other factors, like where you work, you know, what your day to day is. But the beginning of the healing journey, I definitely love to advise people on because like you said, it's really hard to pinpoint, okay, where do I even start? And so one of the things that I would definitely, uh, especially at the beginning that was very big for me was a morning and a night routine. It seems so simple. What does that have to do with healing necessarily? It was so important for me to have time in the morning and time at night to decompress. And I love you were you were talking earlier about journaling when we were talking. And I think that was literally that's key. So key. So when I first started healing, I had no blueprint, no whatever. I just said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make sure at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, I have time where I'm not thinking about anything, I'm not talking about anything. It was a point where I would not even respond to people, I wouldn't check social media until 12 o'clock because everything before 12 o'clock was my morning routine. So that was that's one thing. And the reason being for that, I kind of developed this thought on my own is that if I have a schedule, it's gonna be very hard for me to get emotionally off track. So my whole day and my whole process when it came to healing was to keep my emotions and my mind in check. Because I had a business to run. I had things to do. I cannot stay in bed all day. That's the truth. I can't. And so what I did was I made sure not only that I had a morning and a night routine, but I had a daily schedule. Because if you have a daily schedule, by the time you're done with the day, you're probably tired. You're not up late all night scrolling on TikTok crying, right? I've done that, okay? That's not your thing because you have a schedule that you need to follow. And so I think that's very important because it's going to be very easy for you to emotionally get off track. And what does that look like when you're sitting around not doing anything? It's very easy to reminisce on the past. It's very easy to want to go text somebody you shouldn't be texting. It's very easy, hey, are you free to meet up? Let's talk today. I actually can't. I actually have a workout at 7. You know, so it it kind of helps you to kind of guard you getting emotionally off track. And then another thing I really did is I set systems for myself and I'm very big on music. I listen to music all day. And what I mean by systems, it was kind of like triggers. So just like you can have negative emotional triggers, you can also have positive emotional triggers. So for me to get out of the bed in the morning, I literally had to do this. And I still do it to this day if I wake up feeling kind of sluggish is I have a playlist on my phone and I'll play it. And first couple of days, I'm like, okay, when I hear certain songs, it reminds me to get up, get moving, Let's get our day started. Good vibes, you know, essentially. It's the same thing as like when you go to the gym, you probably have a certain playlist. It's probably upbeat. It helps keep you, you know, into it. So playlists were a really big thing to me as well. And I would also have a playlist for nighttime. So it was cool creating playlists for myself because it's like, okay, what are we, whether we want our vibes to be. And, but what I was doing is I was creating a system for myself so that when I did wake up in the morning and I'm feeling kind of sluggish, when I play the music, it reminds me to get up get moving. We're not sitting in the bed today. What do I usually do when I'm playing this music? I'm usually getting dressed in the shower. So if I'm playing the music and I'm laying down in bed, I know my body is already telling me, okay, it's time to get up. So those are really big things, setting systems like that in order to just keep me emotionally like on track. And then one of the biggest things, which I kind of spoke about a little bit, but it's journaling. It's literally creating that self-awareness. And I use, that's when I literally wrote two books just from journaling, just from letting thoughts happen. I never wanted to write a book. Never. Like I never thought about being an author. I didn't know anything that I liked that much to talk about for that long. Yeah, And literally created two books just from writing thoughts, revelations I would have, things that would come to mind, random things like My notes, Danielle, are just random things. I could literally be, I'm in the car and I'm thinking about this right now. And the biggest thing about healing is coming to terms with what you're feeling, thinking, and processing. A lot of people are scared of that. And it's because we have so much noise in our life. You don't really get to hear from you. We hear from everybody else. We hear from social media. We hear from news. We hear from our friends. We hear from our parents. How often in a day do you hear from yourself? Like how often? And so when you begin journaling and you begin writing stuff down, now when you might go to a therapist or when you are looking for, what should I do? A lot of people don't know what to do because you don't really know what's hurting. You don't really know what you're feeling. Even when people ask me, you know, how should I start? I'm like, well, how do you feel? I don't know. I feel like this. Well, why do you feel that way? Really begin to have those conversations with yourself. And so when I began to journal, that's when I realized, okay, maybe I should go to a therapist. When I began to journal, that's when I realized, okay, I probably should read a book about that. Let's see if I can find a book about that. Okay, when I start journaling, it's like, okay, I'm looking at what I'm writing. I, I tend to be this way when I'm not in church. Let me go to church. You know, so it's easier to kind of pinpoint how to heal if you know what your body is really telling you, what your mind is really telling you. So journaling is the biggest thing. So that's what I would suggest for the beginning of the journey and then once you get to that point it kind of begins to take on a shape of its own i've heard all kinds of things for people to heal but i think that's a good place to start
1: yeah that's so good and i can do- definitely speak to to the journaling mm-hmm. it just it just does something like it it makes you feel like because like you said we tend to distract ourselves with so many other things like okay if we have just a just a moment of not doing anything, even while we're eating or going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. we're on our phones, we're in front of a screen. Yes. Because, and, and so we don't have that time to, like you said, decompress and to mm-hmm. just be with our thoughts. Okay. It's those simple questions of, okay, well, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling that way? Mm-hmm. You know, and looking at the patterns that you have. Because mm-hmm. it's just like saying with the business, you have to analyze to see what's working and what's not working so mm-hmm. you can change the outcome. Mm-hmm. Same thing with learning and discovering what patterns you have from your past that you're bringing over, what things trigger you. Mm-hmm. And so I love those tips. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. and i I want to share this because it's kind of funny this happened to me. So whenever you do start this journey, you develop this this more of more awareness around whenever you're you have a certain emotion pop up and you're like, all right, this is stemming from this <laughs> I need to like talk to jesus about this yeah. so the other night i got like <laughs> i got upset while i was laying in bed because i thought jamar wasn't coming to bed um just crazy just this weird thought right <laughs> and i i felt this I, I had these thoughts to do crazy stuff okay <laughs> and i literally had to be like all right Danielle, this is stemming from this past you know experience in your life mm-hmm. i i really had a because the the old me would have just acted on my emotion. Right. And, but since I had started journaling and understanding, okay, this emotion stems from this in my past. Mm-hmm. And literally what I did to help me in that moment was I literally just said, Jesus, like, wow. Jesus help me. Mm-hmm. Jesus help me in this yes. moment. The enemy will find ways to come and mm-hmm. and mess up your healing journey. He'll come and try mm-hmm. to intervene in the the path that you're on to bring you back and to take you back a few right. steps. And so I just really had to be like just really speak with him. So I feel like that's another big thing that's helped me is just relying on on God to help you in those moments of of weakness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a sign. So it's like, okay, well, how do I know if I'm healing? I think it's just that awareness because you were sharing. There's still things that you're continuing to work on. I don't think it's ever a process that's done completely because we're always having interactions with people. We're always having new experiences and people are going to let us down throughout our life. Mm -hmm. But I think you know you're healing whenever your
0: awareness is raised from the emotions that you feel. Absolutely, and one thing I have to say to that, Danielle, is grace. There is, I would hate for anyone to go through the healing journey without grace. You're gonna have a horrible time because what's gonna happen is you're absolutely right. I love that you said that. You're gonna go down, go through a time and you're gonna be like, okay, I'm doing good, good schedule, feeling good, looking good, skin clear and something's going to happen. It's going to be a test. And I'm going to be honest with you, you might fail. When is the last time I failed a test? Let's be honest with the podcast today. Two days ago, two days ago. So even the most healed, like like that is ridiculous. I talk about healing maybe 24 seven and I failed a test maybe even yesterday. But honestly, every day I probably fail a test. I'm going to be honest, every day, which is why you're going to need grace. Because you said it, the enemy will make you feel like you are not progressing. Also, healing is not linear. So even though you failed a test, that does not mean you failed every test. It just means you failed that one. Like, for example, the test that I tend to keep failing or just, you know, tend to keep on having to learn, I think that's a better way to say it, is boundaries, you know, people pleasing. So that is the one thing I'm working out right now, even through therapy, is boundaries in regards to people pleasing and just being in a position where I say no. A couple literally like two days ago, something happened and someone asked me a question and I answered it in honesty. And I talked to my therapist and they're like, well, we talked about this. You're supposed to say, I don't feel comfortable sharing that. Like that is that's something you need to do. I'm like I know, but I just want to be honest. I mean, I don't really care, you know. I just, didn't no, but it's not about being honest. It's about having a boundary. And so with healing, you got to have grace for yourself because, and grace is sufficient for you every single day. It's new grace. Every time you wake up in the morning, it's a new grace for you. So just because you needed grace yesterday, you can have grace today again. I believe that that is what's going to keep you encouraged on your healing journey is to know that, well, that happened yesterday. Today, I'm a new person and we'll see what she does today. Yeah, you should make a better decision today.
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I love that you pointed out because like, say, I I fail tests all the time Mm -hmm. and you have, you have, that's, that's like one of the most important things. So I'm so glad that Mm -hmm. you said that you have to have grace for yourself. You're not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not, this isn't, your healing journey isn't about being the perfect version of yourself. It's about that rocky road and it's about Mm -hmm. giving grace and picking yourself back up and saying, you know what? I did that yesterday, but like today, I'm a new person. I love that because it's literally my thoughts. Like I literally say, thank you, God, for new grace, new mercies every single morning. Absolutely. It's necessary. I know you're super big with your personal development journey and this emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this, Mm -hmm. but- how do you feel like emotional or do you feel like they're related emotional intelligence and your spiritual growth? How they're connected or how you've intertwined them or how one's helped the other? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on?
0: Yes, on I that? love that. I believe so when I think of emotional intelligence, to me I think of character. That's what I think of. Because emotional intelligence it impacts our behavior. Uh, it impacts how we make personal decisions how we interact with other people good example like your iq you're a smart person right like you're smart but with your eq your emotional intelligence it kind of makes you person a character you could be really smart and not have character you could you could be really smart and not have any character so i think eq kind of makes the character to me it means like self-awareness to me i i do believe them to kind of be one and the same i do i do think they're a little bit More similar just because, well, any kind of growth is going to require something in you, something of you in regards to someone else. So it could be spiritual growth, it could be emotional growth, relational growth, anything. It's going to have you in relation to somebody else. But I would definitely say for emotional intelligence, it's going to allow you to properly handle not just your own emotions, but other people's emotions. And I think that is one of the biggest aspects of spiritual growth. I I do believe that. And the more emotionally intelligent you are, I believe the more character you have, because the more understanding you are, the more you're able to adapt a little bit better. You're able to adjust. I think me personally, I think one of the biggest assets to have, aspects of you to have is the ability to adjust. The ability to adjust and adapt. It takes a lot of emotional intelligence to do that. And in spiritual growth, Oh my gosh, you're gonna need to adjust and adapt almost like every single day. And so I think that maybe the aspects of them both, they kind of like merge to me. They're kind of like the same things. The same things that would mm-hmm. increase your emotional intelligence also increase your spiritual growth. And the same things that are tested in emotional intelligence are also tested in spiritual growth, whether it has to do with other people or yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's why they kind of become one and the same to me simply because like the more time, for example, the more time I spend understanding my emotions and my thoughts. Now, of course, I'm becoming more intelligent with how I feel and how I process things. But in spiritual growth, let's say someone upsets me. How I handle that is going to be, you're going to be able to see how much spiritual growth I've done just based on how I handle a disagreement or conflict. I think it's the same thing for emotional intelligence. I think it's just a different word. Maybe one has to do with believers and the other one is just more so like, A scientific, I don't know, (laughs) scientific. You know what's funny? Just this year, I've actually have heard these type of concepts merge more than ever before when it comes down to a spiritual aspect and a biological scientific aspect as well. Uh, Interestingly enough, you know, usually they keep those things separate. Things that make sense in like science don't make sense in spiritual. I promise you, Danielle, this year I've seen them together. Like I've seen them like one in the same. Same thing when people say, forgive people because it can cause you to become sick. Like that's maybe one thing I've heard that kind of mixes the two. But I would say this year I've actually heard them intertwine more than usual, where we are looking at the spiritual side of things impacting the physical or the physical things making sense because of the spiritual. So I think this is a a great question, how you framed it, because emotional intelligence is probably the physical aspect of spiritual growth.
1: Mm. I love I love how you summed it up in the Mm -hmm. last parts, because I feel I feel like you become more emotionally intelligent whenever you are developing your relationship with Mm -hmm. God. And I've been reading Proverbs. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no wisdom apart from God. We can believe like we're so wise, but it's still so much foolishness Mm -hmm. in God's eyes. Right. And so I definitely agree. I I think whenever you are growing your relationship with God, you are becoming understanding how to deal with people, understanding Mm -hmm. that it's let God do the revenge, let God do do the work. And that takes strength. It takes strength to let go of control and Mm -hmm. to just say, it's not in my hands. So I love that answer. In the conclusion, I would love mm-hmm. to hear your story, your personal story when it comes to your journey with God. Were you always a believer or mm-hmm. if not, like what was your life and who were you before? Just your your journey and your yeah, story. With
0: so I actually God. grew up in the church. My dad was an inner city pastor. And so I learned about God very early on, like probably as soon as I was born, it was literally adapted into my everyday, everyday routine. I was, I've been reading the Bible since I could read. My dad would have us read sections of the Bible, read dictionaries. I mean, all kinds of stuff. He was very, both of our parents, very hands-on in our spiritual development. If I could say if there was any part of our life that they really dedicated time, money, and energy to, it was spiritual development. We would go to church camps, conferences. You know, I became that kid. However, my relationship with God does not start from a child. I believe that's when I got a lot of the book knowledge and a lot of the head knowledge when it comes down to spirituality. I would say my journey with God started when I was around 18. So I'm 27 now. So I believe it started around 18. And I think it's so funny because it's 18 years old. That's when you kind of start making your own decisions. And I did something crazy. I, I moved halfway across the country to California to go to school. And I wanted to get out of the Midwest. And that was when I began to learn God for myself. I went to a Christian school. And of course I did, right? I went to a Christian school. And (laughs) of course, um, in the Christian curriculum, if you go to a Christian school, they have a part in the curriculum where they challenge your faith. And so I, I took classes that literally challenge your faith at a Christian school, you know, and I and I love that. I believe that's why it allowed me to create a greater understanding of other people and how they and what they believe and you know, other religions and different things like that. I don't I have a, a respect for those type of things simply because of classes like that. But through that experience, that's when I began to really choose God for myself. I was out there alone with no family. So I had to figure a lot of things out by myself and I needed God. I couldn't call my parents all the time. They couldn't come rescue me. So I began to, that's where it kind of started. And then I would say where it kind of matured and developed more into a, I'm walking with God every day. I would say around 23, 24 is when I began that kind of journey as to where it was, it's more than just, oh, it's my decision. It's, this is something I cannot live without. This is something that is, is more than a religion to me. It's, it's not even, I don't even think of it as, you know, what, what is your, I don't even think of it as a religion anymore. It's literally like, no, this is just my life. This is how I, this is how I think. This is how I move. This is how I feel. God is, yes, God is the center of my life, but God is, is my life. Like there, there, it's the center, the side, the back, the front. I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, it's not just the center. It's, it's my life in general. And then I would say that's kind of like how it progressed, and I'm very grateful for it. I would say a lot of my relationship with God did come through my mistakes. It came through mistakes, fumbling, tripping through life. It wasn't beautiful, but I that's why I do appreciate my upbringing because I I always I feel like I always had a foundation, even when I fell. I always kind of had that foundation set and built for me to where I knew that. I might be failing through life right now, but there is someone stronger than me. There is someone that is watching this and making sure that it at least goes in my favor one out of the 10 times. Okay. There's definitely somebody out there for me. And yeah, I would say that's kind of like my journey in spirituality and just having a God, belief, faith, all these different things. They're like kind of like words that we hear. But honestly, Danielle, like nothing matters more. To me, than those words, like all of the the things that we go through, the things that you see. If you focus on those things, you can open, watch the news today, pick up a newspaper today. If you focus on those things, you're not really going to have a direction. You're not. You're going to be. You know. You're going to feel lost, hopeless. And for me, my spiritual journey and just my relationship with God is for hope. Is what kind of what I said at the beginning of the interview is to know that you know what. I have something to hope for. This is not the end. There has to be a reason. There's a purpose. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things. And in regards to my healing, that's also when I began to just know God even more. And to be honest, is because who's going to accept me as messed up as I am? As hypocritical as I am, as stubborn as I am, as angry as I am, there's not a human on earth that could, possibly understand, embrace, and heal what's going on in me right now. And so leaning to God during my healing process, that's why I don't even say, oh yeah, I just believe in God. I tell people I walk with God. What do you believe I walk with God? Meaning it's a, it's a, it's an everyday thing. It's like when you wake up, you breathe and you blink, like that's how I feel like God is with me. You know, I need him for everything every second, every moment, every decision, even before an interview, no matter what the case may be. And so hopefully that answers your question.
1: Yeah, no, it does. And it's so beautiful. I love that because it really is important. It changes whenever you do have a foundation. But I just think from our conversation and from what you just said, you learned Him more through your mistakes, through your struggles. And so just from the summary of our conversation, I feel like has been there's beauty that is birthed from our mistakes and our struggles Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of our Creator, because of our Savior, because of God. Mm -hmm. And I love that you you you're walking with God. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I'm going to start using that because yep. <laughs> I, it's true. It's true. It's mm-hmm. a gift. Everything that we're experiencing every single day is is by the grace of him. And it, yes. it is a gift. Yes. I want to end with this question because I do have people that are listening mm-hmm. that may not be like all in with God. Like they have one foot in and one foot out. Mm-hmm. They are in this one foot in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and one foot trying to know who God is and to develop their relationship with God. What would be like your advice or words of wisdom to that person?
0: Wow. It's a great question. (laughs) I'll say this. And I think this is actually important because especially with the one foot in, one foot out, this has kind of been like my theme for the year too. But what I'll say is this, is there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more. There's nothing you could do. So, I say that to say a lot of people, when it comes down to, they count themselves out from receiving the love of God because I have X, Y, and Z going on, or I've done X, Y, and Z, or I'm currently going through X, Y, and Z. We People disqualify themselves from the love of God all the time. And so that makes them feel as though I don't really have my place in the world and I don't really have my place with God either. And so I think the simple truth is that you can stop doing whatever you're doing today Let's say it's smoking, partying, going out. You could stop that today. God's love meter is not going to go higher. It's already at the highest. You can say, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start going to church. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm gonna, God's love meter does not go higher for you. It was, it's already full. There's nothing you can do or not do that's going to make him love you more. And I think when I understood that truth for myself, I actually began to qualify myself more for what God had for me. And that in turn allowed me to surrender to the things he was trying to do in my life. That could be changing my desires. That could be changing my environment. That could be anything that's going to change. But I think if you you even read the Bible and look at how God really is, especially Jesus, if you really look at Jesus and really study his ministry, he very rarely dealt with perfect people. In fact, the people that he would give any credit to most times were people that were kind of jacked up, one foot in, one foot out. I think when we realize that Jesus would probably eat dinner with you, the person who's one foot in, one foot out, then the priest at the church. And I think that would shock a lot of people. But if you read it, he did. That is literally what he did. And so when you begin to qualify yourself in that way, I think it will allow you to come to terms with the fact that yes, I am one foot in, one foot out. And if anybody's gonna put me on this foot. Gonna be God. That's the truth that I had to come to terms with even just this year, in saying that i messed up right now. I am literally messed up. I want to go do things that are probably not uh socially acceptable. I want to party, I want to cuss somebody out today. You know, like when we begin to like just be honest, because I promise you, Jesus wants to God wants to deal with that you, He doesn't want to deal with the you that's that's cleaned up, the I always tell people, Jesus doesn't want to deal with the woman there. He wants to deal with Taylor. The woman there is cute, beautiful, love it. He doesn't care to deal with that. He wants to deal with Taylor when nobody is looking, when nobody sees it, when you're home alone, when you're crying, when you're mad, when you are confused, when you are you know, in places or spaces that you shouldn't be in. He wants to deal with that person. He wants to meet that person. If you look at Jesus's ministry, that's where he would meet people. He will meet them at the well. He would meet them in the street. He would meet them on their, on their, in bandages, on their beds, lame on the side of the road. Like that's how he would meet people. He would not meet them at the, the top of the altar. Like that's not where he would go to find the people that needed what he had. And so I think when we come to terms with that, you're going to qualify yourself more. You think, oh, I, when I get this stuff together, I'll be more qualified for God. No, he's, he's going to let you think that. And then he's going to deal with the real you, <laughs> like literally. So I think yeah. that's that would be my advice for those people, is to understand that there is nothing you can do or can't do that is going to qualify you more for what God has for you and his love for you. And when you accept that, it'll really shock you at how much his love will transform and change your life. Because God loves you, but He's also loves you enough to say that I have more for you. In fact, let me into your heart, and let's work on these uh, habits together. Let's work on these desires together. And that's the biggest switch, because you try to do it in your own power, it's probably not going to work that way. So I think that's one of the big. that's my biggest piece of advice I would give to somebody that's going through that.
1: That is so good, Taylor, because I just hit you with that one, but you answered it so <laughs> I love, I love that so much, Thank and you. it's so true. Taylor, this was so much fun. Yes, now, absolutely. where can where can the people find you if they want more of, of more of Taylor and more of Womanair?
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So on Instagram, my name is The Woman Air. and then I also have a Planet Woman Air Instagram. And then I have a website as well, planetwomanair.com. I'm definitely I'm excited about this. I am so grateful. I love this conversation. I thought it was beautiful. I was a little nervous. Danielle, you're so amazing. You made it feel very, very natural, very free. And I am so grateful for this space. I'm going to continue listening to the podcast and everybody else that you're bringing on. And I think with just this foundation or just how it went today, I know for a fact that hundreds, thousands, millions of people are going to hear topics like this and you're going to change so many people's lives and how they are even able to see and receive God. And I think I'm, I'm just grateful to even just be a part of a conversation like that. So thank you. Thank you so much, Taylor. I so appreciate
1: you. All right, let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest take so, I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.